Hi, and welcome to my first podcast episode. Very strange for me to like say that, but I think that I'm definitely going to like this format of just like talking to people or like having a bigger outreach to those that, you know, might be tuning in. So if you're tuning in for the first time and you don't know me, uh, hi, my name's Eric and yeah, (laughs) I kind of just started this podcast out as like an idea, um, because I had always like thought about it I've like listened to podcasts in my like life I normally like gravitate towards like true crime or just like sometimes mental health but anyway I've talked about like starting a podcast with like my best friend and we've just never like made it a point to try and make it a, a reality and so I took it upon myself to like find a platform and like get myself set up for it all so here is that product and that effort so thank you for tuning in um if it sounds like i'm talking like with those weird spaces in between my words or sentences this is all new to me so like i have headphones in so i can like hear my i mean if you know if you've recorded a podcast or if you've recorded anything sometime like you know you know that like you can hear yourself as you're actively recording so it's like really weird to like hear myself with like half of a second later anyway let's get into it before this starts to be like a long ramble so my objective with this first episode is to touch on like what it means for me at least to identify as gay being Mexican. And I think that that can be a very polarizing topic. And I say that because if you're Mexican, you know that the Mexican community isn't always the most open to gay individuals or you know anyone who identifies as gay or liking the same sex and this i and i use gay in the in like <clears throat> i use gay here in the in the situation not as to just say like male and male relationships i also mean women and women relationships but anywho Long story short, the Mexican community has not always and is not always the most open um, and accepting towards gay individuals, right? Individuals who identify as liking the same sex. And I, my coming out journey, if I even want to label it that, um, was really, I began began at a long not a long age, at a young age, Um, I came out at the age of 14, which is really, really young, especially like when I talk to people about it or when I tell people that I came out at 14, it's, I'm always met with like this amazement because I I don't know why, honestly, I don't know why. I know why, but I don't know why. And for me, at least, I think coming out at the age of 14 to my mom, first of all, of all people, like I didn't have two older sisters who might be, or who, anyway, (laughs) like I didn't have two older sisters who 
if I had faced any retaliation when I came out to my mom. You know what I mean? Like, if I had come out to my sisters, that would have been a safer option than if I had come out to my mom first. But anyway, I'm going on this long tangent. I came out at the age of 14. And I kind of always knew, you know, I feel like everyone does. I feel like everyone just kind of knows whether or not they want to label it as such. But for me, I kind of knew that, you know, I was attracted and I found boys cute when I was younger. And it was always weird because I, you know, I, society places this this big emphasis on you know, boys being, like, heartbreakers and, like, having, like, lines of girls behind them. And when I was younger, I was told that as well. And it was mainly because of, like, my eye color and just, like, being a cute, like, little boy. And I just remember, like, being in situations like that where I had people tell me, like, oh, you probably have girls lining up down the street to, like, kiss you and whatever. And so I think when I was younger, not I think, when I was younger, I definitely felt weird and I felt, like, out of place with um, my other male peers who were straight because... It was always like, yo, that girl's cute or like I would date her, you know, as we got older and we like we started realizing what dating meant and what that encompassed. And I like I said, I always just fell out of place. So I like I said, I knew that I didn't know exactly what to label it as when I was younger. But as I got older and, you know, I um, I was on the Internet and I started, you know, like learning these definitions for these different terms and what I could identify as, um, that's when I started feeling even more like outsider looking in. So when I was younger, I like got bullied for being more effeminate or emotional, like as compared to my male counterparts, because for some reason, like, everyone at that age had this inclination that men were supposed to be this strong, valiant, like, we don't cry. But I, on the other hand, was way more emotional. I was way more vulnerable. And I also hung out with more girls than I did guys at that age. And for some reason, that gave people the inclination that I was gay. So I was bullied at the age of, like, 10 to like maybe 14 um so that one i'm gonna identify that now as that being a really detrimental part to my development as an individual because i feel like that age you know you're like entering middle school going through middle school that's a really big age and like a young kid's development because that i feel like who you are in middle school, what you like, what you identify as, and, like, just identifying what you like, what you don't like. Like, I feel like that kind of sets the tone for the next couple of years as you start, like, growing into yourself and your persona and anywho. So when I was younger, you know, I was bullied, and so I was always told that gay and being gay was a bad thing because I was, you know, berated with slurs and just like, oh, well, you're gay or you hang out with girls, so you must be gay. And 
I was, I, I was just like, I was outcast and you know, I had my, my friends who I could turn to, but when I, I, at the end of the day, I would go home and almost like loathe that part of me at that age. Like I would genuinely like just not acknowledge it. And I like suppress those feelings, even though I knew that I had them, I would suppress them because I was always told that it was wrong, that, you know, being gay is, is different and you shouldn't be different. And for some reason I needed to avoid that at all costs. So I did. So I suppressed the feelings as long as I could, but the second that I got into like middle school, like the heat of middle school, like mid seventh grade is when, like, that's when I started to really acknowledge that, you know, I was gay. At the time, I didn't really label it as such, and I didn't label it as such or really identify as such until the beginning of my eighth grade year when I was like 14. And, um, that's for a lot of different reasons, but the main reason is that I had individuals at school, like, like teachers that I could turn to, to talk to. Um, and if you're that teacher listening right now, thank you. Um, I know I don't have to thank you, but, and I know we've talked about that, but anyway, thank you for being that one individual during that time in my life where I felt like I couldn't even turn to my parents. So I came out first to my middle school band director because they were always in my corner and really always kind of helped me work through these things, like my bullying and just like the issues that I kind of felt and just like needed to work through. And because of my middle school band director, sorry, I like, I need to sneeze. Hopefully it doesn't come on. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I just sneezed. Anywho. Um, so my middle school band director was the one individual at the time that I felt like I could confide in. And because of them, I like really came to the realization that, yeah, I am gay. And they were the first person that I ever like mouth, not mouth, said the words to like out loud. And I remember like sitting them down in a practice room at the time and like saying, yeah, I'm gay. And at the time, it felt like the biggest thing in the world. For me, it was. It was the biggest thing in the world because I had finally decided to acknowledge that I am that I am gay. And from then on, I just kind of like went on this big like coming out journey of like coming out to my mom the next month. And then I didn't come out to anyone else other than like friends, at least in my family. I didn't come out to my sisters for maybe half a year. I didn't come out to them until the following summer. And then I didn't come out to my dad for another like year and a half. And so because of growing up um, closeted and then coming out gay at 14 and then also growing up in the Mexican community, I 
felt pressure from literally everywhere. So I know earlier I kind of talked about this like pressure that society places on men. You know, that men are supposed to be strong and just like emotionless and, you know, not supposed to be feminine and not supposed to, whatever. That is what a man is supposed to be. They're supposed to be identified by those characteristics. And that was the most damaging thing for me because I was getting that societal pressure, but then I was also getting pressure from my own, like, Mexican heritage. The fact that, you know, in in Mexican culture, we have this term called maricón, which I can definitely, you know, I can say that's a slur because... It basically equates to the F slur in English. And, you know, that word was thrown around so willy-nilly when I was growing up. And I would, like, be going to family parties and I would hear the word. And at the time, I didn't quite know exactly what it meant. But I knew enough that I could, like, you know, like, context clues. Like, I, I knew enough where I could identify that, yeah, that's a word that I don't want to be labeled as because of the context that people used it in or the fact that they used it to describe someone or describe a person's, like, actions. And I didn't want to be tied to that. So I was facing pressure from society to be what society considers a man. And then I was also facing pressure from, um, from my own, from my own culture with the, the maricon term. And then also machismo. And if you don't know what machismo is, machismo is, is essentially like these gender roles and, um, gender values that are upheld or have been upheld for years, decades, um, centuries of that, you know, men are supposed to be valiant, cold, again, kind of relating back to societal pressure of just like men are supposed to be this, this is strict and men are only supposed to be this. And if you're not that you're an outlier, you're this, you're that you're, but you're not a man. And because of machismo, I suppressed my emotions. I felt like I couldn't cry and you know like in front of people i just like again couldn't be affectionate couldn't be feminine even if i wanted to be um and if i did anything remotely feminine i automatically wasn't considered a man so i you know did everything i could to try and avoid that judgment because at that you don't want to be judged no one wants to be judged. And I know that everyone, like, we all think that when we go outside, everyone's thinking about us, everyone's judging us. But in reality, no one is. Everyone else is thinking the same thing. Like, oh my God, they're looking at me. You know, this person is like my outfit. What if I go out and someone just like doesn't like me or just like says something to me or is looking at me and just like judging me in their head. But the fact of the matter is that everyone else is thinking that as well. And at the age, at that age, I just like felt that it was the biggest thing in the world. So yeah, I don't know. I, it was just like the biggest thing in the world for me. So I think that that was a really big part in my coming out journey was identifying that I didn't want to have those societal pressure and societal norms placed on me. So I wanted to do everything I could to um, fit in that mold at the age of 14, which is really crazy when I think about it because I was 14 and I was still developing who I was as a human being. So I think kind of relating back to like the whole coming out process and what that means for me, 
after kind of going on this long tangent of just like my experience and you know these pressures i came out at the age of 14 in my family thank god i had the experience that i did I, i was a very loving experience i didn't face any retaliation like everyone in my family was great about it and i couldn't have asked or been more fortunate for that. Like I kind of have asked for a better situation or been more fortunate to have the situation and and, like support that I did at that time. Um, Because, you know, like when I came out to my mom, it was nothing but love. I cried, of course. She cried and, but like was really understanding, like took the time to try and understand what exactly it meant because it was all new to her. Um, So anywho, and then I came out to my sisters um, half a year later, and when I came out to them, um, they had told me that my mom had told them the same night that I had told my mom. So that was kind of like a, oh, interesting, but I just kind of laugh about it now when I always joke about it with my mom, um, because I just think it's really funny that she, like, took it upon herself to tell my sisters. But anywho, told my sisters, um, and then I didn't tell my dad until I think I turned 16, so, like, year and a half later um and that again is tied to the fact that in in um in mexican culture you know you have these these upheld values of machismo and and i thought that my dad was going to hate me or like loathe me for being gay and that was my biggest fear as i didn't want my dad you know the the person who created me um to hate me for you know liking boys liking men and that was like my one big factor as to why I didn't want to come out to my dad right away it was because I was so terrified of what could have been of the situation of what or what the situation or what the situation could have spiraled into or turned into and anyway that is why I didn't come out to my dad for so long because again machismo and just like Mexican cultura is like so scary was so scary to me um and the fact that you know that could have been a very real possibility and it is a very real possibility for other people in 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 Mexican culture. So yeah. Ultimately my coming out experience was really, really great. But since then and now as a close to being nineteen year old, um and having gone to therapy and just like kind of working through all of this in my head with my therapist and sorting all of this trauma out like i've learned that you know no one no one but yourself is really going to get through through this and um you kind of have to make sense of it all by yourself because only you can make sense of what's in your head and like kind of um give only you can give meaning to what's in your head and in terms of like you know, what, what was detrimental to your development or, you know, what was traumatic or whatever. And so for me, that whole coming out experience was kind of traumatic and having worked through that now, like I said, being almost 19, I acknowledge that I almost kind of hate that I identify it as a coming out experience or like label it as a coming out experience because I've learned that coming out is really a straight person thing. Like, like it's a heterosexual, like, ritual placed upon individuals a part of the lgbtq community because for some reason like we have to not i don't want to say prove ourselves but for some reason like that whole coming out experience is essentially you telling someone that hey i like guys or i like women or i don't like women or i like both men and women and i just think it's so so strange because straight people don't have that that ritual don't have that thing of like hey mom and dad i'm straight i like girls like or i like or i like guys like 
that's not a thing for straight people. So why is it a thing for people a part of the LGBTQ community? And I think that whole thing is traumatic. Like the whole coming out experience, having to do that, if you want to do it, is traumatic. And at least it was for me because it kind of forced me to to deal with some things that I may or may not have been ready to deal with at the time. And for me, I think that whole, the whole being Mexican added a whole different layer to it all because I was battling societal pressure of like what it meant to be gay, what it meant to be a man, but then also adding the uh, like what it means to be a man in Mexican culture on top of that. So there was two different layers that I was kind of like playing tug of war with of like who's going to win and like what's right, what's wrong. So that whole thing was really traumatic for me. And that is why I hate labeling my coming out experience as a coming out experience. Because again, I just feel like it's such a straight person thing for me to like tell someone that I know like, hey, I like guys. I'm just letting you know. Like, why? Why? And and why, why, why as a society do we always assume, like, why are we so heteronormative? Why is it that automatically when a boy like is born, like, oh, they're going to have millions of girlfriends. They're going to have thousands of girls lined up behind them, like this, this and that. They're going to be a heartbreaker. Why is it that, you know, boys are, are labeled as such or, you know, like it's automatically assumed. And so that's like my one stipulation with with everything is that it, it's just like societal pressures and societal assumptions of just like of who someone is and who they identify as. And it's, and that's why it's so difficult for individuals to come out. So yeah. Also, I'm sorry if I'm like, I take some long pauses. I just like, this is all live and like raw and uncut. And so I like, I'm not making any edits to this afterwards. Like I'm literally going to maybe add like background noise in between like some long pauses if I wanted to, or at the end of the beginning. Anyway, I'm not editing any of this out. So I'm kind of thinking about this as I go, um, which, you know, as a podcast is anyway, there's just a lot in my head that I want to like try and address, but I just, I don't know in what way or like how I want to organize it. So I guess it should be more organization organization to this, but I also kind of like this more free flowing thing because it feels more like conversation between me and the listener. So yeah, but ultimately for me, I've tried to make sense of what it means to be gay in Mexican culture in a way that makes it important to me or has meaning to me. So that can look like um, allowing myself to be feminine in spaces where um, it's assumed that because I'm a man, I should be strong. I should be emotionally, you know, whatever. I should um, appease to to the machismo views and the machismo like lifestyle that I should appease to that because I'm a man myself. Um, so that's like my biggest stipulation with all of that. And I just think that I, I just really think that that was the biggest damaging thing for me is the biggest damaging thing for me. Cause I'm still kind of trying to make sense of that is how do I navigate my sexuality and like who I am as an individual in a world where it's so heteronormative in a world that is so heteronormative as well as like in a culture that is so built upon these values of like know your place know your like role in your gender and you should 
stick to that stick to the status quo little high school musical like thing there anyway um yeah so that process was interesting is just like really identifying who i am as an individual which is like that's literally like the whole human experience is like trying to identify who you are and your place in this world so i'm in it i've been going through that as you know honestly any one of my peers in the same age group is like trying to identify what we like and who we are in this world and make make sense of that and so for me I have been trying to make sense of that for the last like five years of like, what does it mean for me to be gay? What does it mean for me to be a man? What does it mean for me to identify as gay? And that having that pressure of like societal pressure and, and my Mexican culture pressure, like all of these things, this big encompassing thing is me trying to make sense of who I am essentially. Um, so yeah, and I think that as I go through experiences in my life, I kind of step back and look at it in this lens of like, what, what if any meaning does it have for me? So when I'm at a, like a family party, if someone says, makes a comment that isn't directed towards me at all, but I can hear it, and it's like maybe something slightly homophobic or blatantly homophobic, um, I get to decide what that meaning ha or how how much meaning that holds for me if it holds anything at all. Um, so it's just like how how much do I let you know these comments made at like family parties affect me? Is that gonna tempt me or not tempt me? Prompt me to like not go to family parties because I know that X Y Z are homophobic or made homophobic comments in the past, and there might be a chance that. Um, they could definitely make those comments towards me. So that's like my big thing as as like a gay Mexican individual is I just have this big fear, this this rational fear that um, I, I'll be hate crime for lack of a better words. Like I just don't want to be um, like, I don't want to be an outcast and no one does. So I just have this big perpetual fear that... I mean, it's out in the open. Like, I literally, like, I don't even come out to anyone anymore. It's just kind of like, when I had a boyfriend, I just kind of brought him to a family party and was like, hey, this is my boyfriend. And if you have a problem with it, you have a problem with it. But I was still so petrified of people seeing me in that light. I don't know why I say in that light. Of people seeing me, like, in my relationship, like, my sisters don't bring their boyfriends around. Like, I don't know why that was, that is such a scary thing for me. But yeah, so that's my experience with that. And that's how I try to make sense of it. So that's, that's, that's what this whole podcast episode is about is just me kind of really trying to make sense of it and what it all means to me. Um, yeah, I, I just think that I'm very fortunate again to just have the experience that I had coming out of, um, of, being so welcomed and loved um you know it's not nothing it's nothing of it is fake like it's not forced like i am so 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 lucky and grateful to have that experience in my life and have that you know live that life and have it be my truth because i know like i said it's not the same for other individuals in the world so yeah 
But I think that as I also grow older, I also acknowledge that there are these disparities in, in, in my, not disparities, wrong word choice, that there are, there are spaces where I might still not be welcome and I'm still trying to figure out what those spaces look like or what that means to me. And also just like trying to make sense of my place as a gay Mexican man in my own Mexican culture. Where do I fit in in the puzzle? And I even still, I still feel like a, an outsider looking in when I go to like family parties. And it's because I'm always so on edge of like, do I let myself be my true self, my, the, the Eric that my sisters know and my family knows, or do I be the Eric that puts on a front and tries to make it by without being too gay? Like, how can someone be too gay, you know? So that's where I am right now. And honestly, I like, I'm listening to myself as I, as I record this and it's just like, it sounds like, no, it, it literally is essentially me saying that I care a lot about what people think. And I, you know, still being a teenager, of course, that's like, that's on point for, for what a teenager is, you know, going through right now is just like caring about what others think because I, apparently for us, that's like the biggest thing in the world. So I'm, I'm very slowly moving past slowly but surely moving past this phase in my life where I like I'm not caring about what people think about me anymore so that can look like a lot of different things for me and does look like a little different a lot of different things for me so like getting a nose piercing was really monumental for me because that was a thing that I did for myself and you know so like that my tattoos are things that I did for myself the way I dress and the way I express myself is a thing that I do for myself because that is how I you know get closer to my true and authentic self so whether or not that means I want to paint my nails in the future or um, I want to dress more feminine or more androgynously, more more so. Um, so that's how I'm trying to make sense of all of this and how I'm trying to make sense of how I fit into this big puzzle, not even a puzzle piece, like mosaic of like one, my culture and also society. Um, yeah, so I think I'm going to end it here for now. I think maybe I'll, I'll touch back on this in the next episode or maybe try and tie it back later. But I, I just think that this episode really just was me kind of ramp, not rambling. I don't want to say rambling because it's not really r- r- me rambling, but like also just trying to make sense of my place in this world as a gay Mexican individual. So yeah, Th- like that that's essentially what this episode really is about. So I'm sorry if there's like long pieces of this episode where it just feels like I'm just kind of talking out of my ass because honestly that's kind of what it feels like um but yeah so (laughs) that's my whole take on it but thank you um to anyone listening right now thank you thank you thank you thank you for tuning in and supporting my first episode of my podcast I don't know how far I'll go with it if it you know will go further than however many episodes I try to get to do but I'm hoping that I make this into like a full-time hobby for myself because as I grow older and there's a whole different thing that I another topic that I don't want to get into right now but um I really don't have many hobbies and I'm trying to find things that bring me joy in this life. Um, 
So I like outside of just work and then coming home. So um, this is one of them. This is my first attempt at that. So again, thank you for tuning in and I hope you guys stick around for the next episode. So whenever you are listening to this, have a great rest of your morning, evening, afternoon. Have a good night. If you're listening to this in the car, drive safe. Get to your destination safely, please. Don't crash listening to me. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you. And I will get back to you guys in maybe a week. See you soon.